Ken Collins. He's been called a really nice man. He's been called a royal pain in the backside. He calls himself a walking contradiction. Though I suppose he's a bit of both. Whatever you decide to call him, there are some things about Ken that are simply a matter of history. Ken's knowledge and experience spans three countries and 30 jobs, with 17 companies including the United States Air Force. He has met and worked with world leaders and grew from a shy boy with no interests in computers to become an IT leader for an international corporation, to hosting talk shows and owning five brands of his own. In this interview, we will learn who he is, where he came from, and how he's gotten to where he is now. Finally, we will listen to his advice for young people. Hi, I'm Ken Collins, owner of Ken Collins Marketing, insert catchy title, walk in the park marketing, shop talk with Ken, and Ken's Think Tank. Ken Collins grew up in the high desert town of Farmington, New Mexico, as a sweet, shy, introverted boy. Farmington offered little in the way of things to do, but it was a simpler time. Yeah, I remember the mall opening. It was like 1982. It was a big deal. I think I was in like the fifth grade. And uh, I just remember it being all the way out on the edge of town. Yeah, I liked being alone. Uh, my favorite spot was down by the river. Um, there was no one down there. It was just trees and shrubs and tall grass and and game trails and I could just be alone. It was so peaceful and natural and everything. And uh, that's where Bird Park is now. My mom taught me how to read before I went to kindergarten at uh, Animus Elementary School. Yeah, the school wanted to put me in uh, advanced classes in, in the gifted program, uh, but I begged my parents, please, please don't make me do that. I was already just this shy, introverted little kid. I was being bullied all the time and I didn't want to add to all that by being lumped in with the brainiac nerdy kids, even though I was one. <laughs> in the sixth grade, he transferred to Northeast Elementary School before moving up the avenue to Hermosa Junior High. Yes, in those days, middle school was called Junior High for the grades of seven, eight and nine. While at Hermosa, Ken's IQ was tested at 140, and he was awarded a National Award for Science from the United States Achievement Academy. He attended Farmington High School, the only high school in town at the time. In high school, they had classes on MS-DOS. It was the, the operating system, Microsoft operating system before Windows, and I, I didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, just like in elementary school, um, I was being bullied all the time, and there was this stigma around computer classes. Computer tech wasn't viewed like it is today. And uh, I was, you know, I didn't want to add that hit to the punching bag. I was already pretty bru bruised enough as it was. Instead, I went to auto mechanics and auto body classes at uh, San Juan College. Um, I was really good at auto body, so they offered me a scholarship uh, when I graduated high school. But I had other plans. He enlisted in the Air Force under the delayed enlistment program while he was a junior in high school. 
and graduated in 1989 before leaving for the service in the summer of that same year. I remember seeing a, an article about the Air Force in a magazine when I was a little kid um, and something about it stuck in my head. I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do in the Air Force. I just knew that I wanted to be a part of it. So I took the ASVAB test and I learned I could do anything I wanted in the Air Force. <laughs> so I joined the Air Force and, uh, and did that instead of going to college. When we return, Ken reveals how he was forever transformed during his 10-year military career. Born in San Diego, California, and raised in Farmington, New Mexico, Ken Collins graduated from Farmington High School in 1989 and spent part of the summer having adventures with friends. But his biggest adventure was about to begin. That same year, Ken left his hometown and joined the Air Force. Ten years in the Air Force revealed to me who I really was, and um, and it gave me experiences with that weren't even remotely possible had I stayed in Farmington. The bullying I experienced all through school, um, at school and in my own neighborhood, uh, combined with really strict parents, um, actually prepared me for boot camp. They want to break you down and remove bad habits. Uh, so they can build you up into a strong soldier. They're really good at it. They're pretty harsh at it. Um, so bad that six people while I was there took their own lives. But boot camp didn't phase me. I just, I just completely excelled at it. Ken graduated from Air Force basic training in San Antonio, Texas. Next stop, Biloxi, Mississippi for Air Force Technical School. I showed up to boot camp and all of our training was being done on a computer. Um, I know that doesn't sound like a big deal these days, but that was not normal for 1989. It was a self-paced program. It was designed to last about six weeks. And uh, while I was there, I made a friend and he was about to graduate and I was only about four weeks in. And I was like, dude, hold on, give me one day, one more day. And uh, so I spent the next day and caught up two weeks worth of work so I could graduate with my friend. Ken's first duty station was Mountain Home Air Force Base in Idaho. He was placed in an office full of F-111 and EF-111 officers. Yeah, they were a rowdy bunch. <laughs> they, um, they taught me how to get around the rules and the red tape and get the job done so much better and so much easier. There was this retired major uh, in the office working as a civilian contractor. I think his name was Kent Apple. He was the airspace manager and he was using this program called Harvard Graphics to build these 3D models in the computer of, of airspace. And um, in, in the days of MS-DOS, uh, to see somebody using a computer to build 3D models of stuff was fascinating to me. So I, I had to know more about that. So I spent so much time in the office building 3D models of things and uh, that I got really proficient with a computer. Ken's knowledge grew along with his reputation for excellence. He became known as the go-to guy for office and computer management. Because of my reputation on base, um, I was chosen to 
deploy with the Wing Commander um, to Operation Desert Shield, which turned into Operation Desert Storm, uh, to work in the, the walk. I was like 19 years old, uh, <laughs> and I was I was responsible for receiving all of the orders for for the entire command structure structure. So uh, all the orders coming from the commander would come to me, and then I would get on the system and distribute those orders to the field. General Norman Schwarzkopf uh, showed up, and I um, I got to chat with him. Super impressive guy. Uh, Dan Quayle, Vice President Dan Quayle came through. Um, I got to chat with him. Um, I got to hang out with the uh, the OSI guys. They were undercover in the local population. Um, yeah, I just made a lot of high-level contacts while I was there. As the operation grew, um, I wanted to do something different. So I left the walk and, and augmented the security force and so most of the time I was, I was uh, stuck on a fence on the perimeter armed with a, an M16, three clips, um, and, uh, and a bunch of Claymore mines. And uh, every once in a while I'd get to rotate into uh, a Humvee patrol. It was super fun. Yeah, in my off time I was a, I was a radio DJ. Uh, great times. During his time in Saudi Arabia, two aircraft crashed. Each time, an official safety investigation board was formed. Ken's expertise was requested for both. Yeah, one of the boards took us to um, to England for three weeks. It was either Mildenhall or Lakenheath. I, I don't remember which one. We had we had aircraft from both um, there with us in Saudi, um, but England was so freaking cool. After seven months in Saudi Arabia, he returned to the States, where his reputation continued to grow. The wing commander moved Ken into his office to help with the formation of the nation's first air intervention composite wing. While he was there, something else happened. We got a new laptop for the commander and it had Windows 3.1 on it. I was like, what? What? No more MS-DOS menus? A graphical interface for a computer? What is happening right now? Yeah, this was also when I started my uh, PR experience. Um, I was working with the public affairs officer uh, there, and and just got a ton of experience working with with local news media, and that experience just kept uh, expanding over the years and continues to this day. Because of his time in England, Ken wanted to return to Europe. Yeah, I called this general that I I met in Saudi, and uh, he worked for the USAFE commander. And uh, he was a four-star. The USAFE commander is a four-star, and that's the guy that I wanted to work for. And uh, the guy that was supporting him was an enlisted guy. He was supposed to go to D.C. and uh, work for the the uh, chief of staff at the Air Force, um, and I was going to replace him there in Germany. And one thing led to another. He didn't end up going to. He didn't transfer to Washington D.C. to work for the chief of staff of the Air Force, so I couldn't replace him in Germany. So I didn't go. Ken set his eyes on Langley Air Force Base in Virginia. I went out to work for the four-star of uh, the four-star general at uh, the commander of the of Air Combat Command, and um, I was used to you know 
paperwork, 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 and I get to I get to Langley, and no paperwork is allowed. Everything is on computers. Forms are done on computers. Everything is done on computer, and then it's sent through the network. There's no paperwork, and plus I have a Motorola flip phone now in in my pocket. I was like, what? Have I stepped into the future? It was a highly political environment there. I got to meet so many people um, and so many high-ranking people. If if I, at one time I knew every general in the Air Force, if they had at least one star, uh, I had met them before and I knew who they were. I got to meet tons of DC politicians. Uh, everybody was filtering through there. I I get to. I get to on several occasions. Neil Armstrong came to the base to work all the time. I got to meet him several times. Uh, the pro, the president, the vice president, the Mexican Air Force commander, the Turkish Air Air Force commander, just uh, just these leaders from all over the world. As fate would have it, Ken's previous commander from Idaho would soon be stationed at Langley. I was getting really tired of the politics when. Uh, when General Hinton showed up, and since I was tied into everything, I knew exactly where they were going to put him, and I wanted in. Um, he was Colonel Hinton when I first started working for him in Idaho, and I saw him for, get his first star in Idaho, and then I saw him get his second star while I was working for him there at Langley. He didn't even hesitate to find a place for me on his team. Uh, I was the lowest ranking guy there, which raised all kinds of suspicions uh, from everybody, but but they came to learn really fast uh, that it was my experience and my knowledge and my abilities that General Hinton put his put his faith in, and uh, I I tend to start taking over just about any office that I'm in. <laughs> Ken's computer skills were about to expand exponentially. Yeah, somebody in the office before I had got there had created this this little Excel spreadsheet. Um, to track things, and um, they were so proud of it. It was a bit clunky to use. Uh, it took about two hours every morning to sort sort through this spreadsheet and pull out all of these things that had to be sent to all these divisions under General Hinton. Then Excel 5 came out, and it had Visual Basic built into it, and that was fascinating to me. Um, building macros that were coded in Visual Basic and you could go into the code and you could read the code and manipulate that code and make it do other things and uh, uh, that was wild. So I taught my myself Visual Basic and uh, started updating this thing and, and created uh, the new and improved Task Force 2.0. That two hours that we used to spend every morning now was a, a button click. That was it. And uh, I added so many other cool things to it. It was it was really cool. Word got out. Uh, everybody at Langley wanted a copy. I was making so many copies to send everywhere. And then people, uh, other bases across the country, they heard about it and they wanted a copy. So I was, I was sending copies of Task Force out to everywhere. But one person in particular paid a visit to see Ken's creation. And this one would surprise him. Vice President Al Gore uh, was spending a lot of time at Langley. He was he was trying to clean up government, and he was using our commands uh, called Quality Air Force Initiative uh, to do that. So he was down looking at all the things we were doing. While he was down on one of these visits, somebody said, 
dude, you have to go see Airman Collins. He's got this crazy program. Um, and so he came to my office to see me. We chatted. Uh, I showed him the program and what it could do. Uh, he, caught, he caught on to everything really fast. Uh, he thanked me, said that he would send some officials down from the Pentagon to take a look at it. Um, a few weeks later, some people came down from the Pentagon and, and took a look at it, and they got a copy, and they took it back to the Pentagon. Ken's computer skills continued to grow immensely. Yeah, at the time, I was obsessed with computer technology, uh, networking, the Internet. Yeah, I taught myself HTML. Um, I started working with network administrators after Windows 3.1.1 came out. Um, it, it included uh, support for networking. Uh, I worked second jobs at, at um, ISP tech support, uh, hosted Quake servers, uh, took advantage of Napster, IRC, picked up some hacking skills. I just kept diving in deeper and deeper. Um, I started designing websites in my spare time and, and that led to graphic design. The year was 1999. The Y2K bug was on everybody's mind. Internet startup companies were sprouting up everywhere. Computer technology was booming. And Ken wanted in on the action. Yeah, I was watching all my friends get out of the military and get really high paying jobs uh, working in the tech industry. And so I, start, I decided not to re-enlist and I got out and I got a job with an international staffing company based out of Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, I was hired as a consultant uh, to travel the country um, to visit all their branch offices. I was, I was updating all of their branch offices to you know, new computers, new software, new servers, the works. Uh, I'd spend about a week in a branch office, uh, then I'd fly to another branch office and spend another week, and then I'd go to another branch office and spend another week, and then I'd come home for a week. And so, and then I would repeat that cycle was three weeks on the road and, um, and one week home. And I spent time in every state in the U.S. except for Alaska and Hawaii. That word was spreading about me. And uh, so uh, I, started get, I started getting requested by name to show up at some of the branch offices. And uh, so when my contract was finally up and... They wanted to bring me on permanent, on a salary position. They asked me what I needed and I asked them for a 10% raise. And uh, I was already making really good money, so I asked for a 10% raise. And they were like, done! I should ask for more. <laughs> Once the job of visiting the branch offices was complete, Ken was promoted to the head of the project group and given a team of people to manage. He was promoted again to manage the Level 3 help desk. He was promoted again to systems administrator. Yeah, I was responsible for like 320 servers there at headquarters, along with all the backup systems and, uh, and all the servers and all the branches across the country. It was crazy. Then disaster struck. I'd say the hall takes about, looks like six, seven floors were taken out. And there's more oh, explosions there's, oh, right now. Hold on, people are running. Wait, hold, so hold on. on just a moment. We've got an explosion inside. Yeah, I was being paid much more than my peers, and uh, we had laid off thousands of people after the triple whammy of, of the Y2K thing ending and uh, the dot-com bubble, 
um, busting and 9-11 and uh, it finally caught me and I was laid off too. Yeah, I was 30 years old and uh, I had done so much and I was I was cocky. I was like, oh, you know, no problem. I'll find another cool job. Um, then I realized that the landscape was literally crawling with thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of out-of-work computer geeks. And uh, most of them had uh, some kind of college education or certification or something like that. I didn't have any of that. I couldn't even get an interview. Um, it was just people at staffing companies taking requests from employers and plugging those, uh, those criteria into the computer. And um, if that criteria included a degree or certification or anything like that, and these staffing people are, are searching through their database on, on who to find, and I don't have a degree or certification, so I just wouldn't come up on any searches and I couldn't get an interview. Ken would spend the next five months attempting to find some form of employment. He was turned away each time. It was a Walmart supercenter in Georgia that finally took him in. He had gone from meeting world leaders and traveling the country to stocking shelves at Walmart. Despite this, Ken couldn't help being, well, Ken. And the grocery manager, um kept running these little competitions where everybody would pick a, an, in, an end cap or a stack base and feature something on it and, and run it for like a week and at the end of that week figure out who had the, the most sales and the, the manager kept winning so it was really just about trying to find a way to beat the manager. I started getting into the database and uh, researching products and their popularity and their profit margin and all this and I started developing a way to pick just the right products to feature and um, I started beating the manager and now all of a sudden I'm the guy to beat. I did that so much that the store manager um, started noticing the difference in sales and so they promoted me to feature manager and they did away with the contest and they put me in charge of all the end caps and all the stack bases in the grocery side and uh, um, I just caused a crazy increase in, in sales and uh, they kept trying to get me to go through manager training but I didn't want Walmart to be my career. Yeah, we were the number seven store in the nation and we were talking about it one day and um, just our volume, the craziness of it and this guy says, uh, you think our, our volume, our numbers are crazy, you should see the number one store and I took a look and I was like, holy cow! where is that and he's like it's some little town in new mexico and i was like what where and he's like farmington and i was like what no shit. i got promoted twice and um and got three raises while i was there um i was also working other jobs and and after my shift at walmart and um it still wasn't enough money uh, my wife divorced me uh, i couldn't afford a place of my own I was homeless in Georgia. Down on his luck and at the end of his rope, Ken still had friends and family in Farmington. He returned to Farmington in 2003 and transferred to the Farmington Walmart before another job would present itself and change the course of Ken's future. They had the longest job title I've ever had. It was the uh, City of Farmington Department of Parks, Recreation and Cultural Affairs public relations and marketing guy. 
Yeah, I was hired at the end of 2003, and uh, by 2007, I was running their marketing department and um, created the uh, art walks um, in downtown Farmington, along with Liz Stannard, a local artist, and Elizabeth Eisenberg, who at the time was the Farmington Downtown Association director. Yeah, there were some things that happened in pretty quick succession that I couldn't ignore. Um, understanding that the, the technology came natural to me, but um, it took me a minute to understand the social implications. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, they were new, but the concepts worked. Um, way back, I used to, to get on IRC. I had a free page from uh, Angel Fire when, when that was a thing, um, and a free Hotmail address when that was new. Uh, by the time MySpace was a thing, I was, I was over all that kind of stuff. Um, I looked at Facebook and thought it was just a new type of MySpace. Um, none of this stuff interested me. I was reading an article one day about uh, how Facebook could be used for business, and everything clicked. Um, I never thought of it for marketing, just the technology. Uh, Google, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all of it. This is where the people are spending their time. Um, this is where I need to market to them. The iPhone came out in 2007 and it literally changed the world. Um, it took cell phones out of the pocket of power geeks and, uh, and it put it into everybody's pocket. Um, apps started being developed for, for this new type of device that kept everybody's eyes glued to them all day, all night. I did some testing and completely obliterated um, any results I could get from offline efforts and uh, I immediately converted everything to digital marketing and um, I've been doing so ever since. Ken founded ICT Marketing in 2009 with his friend in Colorado Springs and a lady in Sonoma, California. In 2012, Ken left the employment of the city to focus full-time on his marketing company. It grew to include staff in five states with almost all of their clients coming from California. An initial breakup of partners would see one leave in 2013, with the final breakup between Sarah and Ken happening at the end of 2014. Sarah took all of the California clients. Yeah, Sarah and I broke up ICT marketing uh, in, at the end of 2014, and um, she took all of the clients. And I was left to start over on my own going into 2015. And that was a really bad year. Um, I made a total profit of $6,000 that year. That was it. $6,000 for the whole year. Ken founded Ken Collins Marketing in 2015. He was adamant that he would no longer work with partners. Somehow I made it through that first, uh, that first year. It was rough. And um, I was able to get my feet back under me in 2016. Um, I knew I needed video content, so I created Ken Drives. And uh, at the, it was at the end of 2016. And um, I made it part of my lead generation site, Walk in the Park Marketing. And uh, that's a site that's in drastic need of an overhaul right now. Um, but it offers training and the Ken Drives video series that gives advice about business and marketing. While doing Ken Drives, I thought, um, 
how much fun would it be to put a guest in the truck with me and um, and do a talk show? And so I started Ken's Think Tank in April of uh, 2017, and that show is so much fun to do. Um, the topics are whatever the the guests want to talk about. Um, so we cover a lot of topics. Uh, Jenny Lee Ryan wanted to come on the show and talk about uh, feminism in pop culture. And I was like, yeah, I'm your dude, I'm your guy. The shows all go to Facebook and, and YouTube and they're promoted on Facebook. They're embedded in the website from YouTube um, and they're shared on other social channels. Uh, in 2019, I converted them all to a podcast form. So now you can find them on, on like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Because of the success I saw with my own video um, content creation, um, the business was growing like crazy. Uh, I've, I found some professional spokespeople uh, that I could work with and, and I created uh, Insert Catchy Title. And now people can pick one of my spokespeople um, to represent them and um, I can do regular video content for them as well. Shop Talk with Ken is going to be a live in-studio talk show. Um, it was supposed to, uh, to start broadcasting in April of 2020. Um, <laughs> the lockdowns kept that from happening and, uh, and we, we hope to get it running this year. Um, the original studio location uh, didn't survive the, the lockdowns um, and we're in the process of working out the details for a new location. We all have a past. Nobody really knows what the future holds for any of us. But Ken has some advice for young people. No matter what you do, give it everything you have. Strive to be the best at it. Uh, it doesn't matter if you like doing it or not. When, when you strive to be your best at everything, it, it just becomes a habit. Um, you won't have to work at giving it your all. You just, you just won't know how to do it any other way. Uh, and that will give you a reputation worth having. I absolutely love what I do. Um, I love working with business owners. I love how excited they get when they, when they put all of their trust in me and things start working for them. Um, when you love what you do, it creates a deep desire to do more and more and do better and better. Never stop learning, especially when it comes to digital products. Um, don't just learn how to use them, learn how they work. Uh, learn every process and every piece of technology that surrounds your interests. Um, learn everything that there is to know about it. So you never have to think about the technology or the process. That will be just second nature to you. Um, you you'll be able to focus on the creative side of everything at that point. Um, think about everything and how it affects, how it affects the big picture. Um, understand that and be creative. School is one place to learn. College is another place to learn. But these are only starting points. Um, there are what seems like an infinite n uh, number of uh, sources of education in this world. Uh, find them and start learning. Um, shoot, start with YouTube. Learn storytelling. Read books, watch movies and shows, um, but don't just watch them for something to do. Uh, pay attention to the story, the key elements, the how and why the story unfolds the way it does. Um, do I have a favorite movie? Not really. Um, I have lots of movies and shows that I really like for uh, various reasons, but 
it usually uh, boils down to the, the writing. I can't resist a great story. Develop a system that works for you. Uh, some creative people thrive without a system, um, but I thrive in creating them. Uh, the basic elements of my day don't change that much. Every, every client is different, so that's where I get uh, my flavor. Um, my basic dates look something like this. I get up at 9 a.m., uh, check email, check social media, uh, check up on the status of projects, uh, check the calendars, set my day, and eat my lunch. I, after lunch, I coordinate with clients. Um, guests for the shows and sponsors, I keep on top of client work. Uh, if I'm filming that day, I set up the truck for filming, um, then I film and then I edit. Uh, everything is done on a future schedule. Uh, all the work I do is, is completed and scheduled for release in the future according to a well thought out and strategic schedule. Then it's time for dinner. Um, after dinner, I spend some time with my girlfriend uh, until she goes to bed and then I spend the rest of the night packing my head with ideas and, and information and uh, bedtime is about 2 a.m. I'm not rich uh, but I have about 20 people who rely on me for work and, uh, and I love that. Um, my largest single check from a client to date was for $16,000. <laughs> Uh, every year I get about a 30% raise. Um, I love it. As the owner of Ken Collins Marketing, Ken leads a team of website designers, graphic designers, and search engine optimization professionals. He still lives in Farmington, New Mexico with his girlfriend, Jerry. They want to move to Denver, Colorado, but have no solid plans to do so at this time. Did you hear that? That was the fart noise I was telling you about. This is the wrong chair. Do we need to go back to the stool? I know who you are. I know what you want. If you're looking for print and radio ads, I can tell you that's not what I do. But I do have a particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a godsend for business owners like you. If you hire Ken Collins Marketing to build your website, people who look for you online will be able to find you. But if you don't, they will look for you, they won't find you, and you'll go out of business. KenCollinsMarketing.com